Hello, and welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, Andrea Maxim, naturopathic doctor turned healthpreneur. And every week, I'm bringing you no-nonsense, no-BS, actionable strategies to create a practice that is not only profitable, but fully sustainable by you. If you're an action taker like me and want to create a practice that is profitable, then you've come to the right place. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being on and listening to another episode of the Profitable Practice Podcast. I am, of course, your hostess with the mostest, Andrea Maxim, and I thought we would do something a little bit different today. Again, it's just going to be you and me. Um, I'm going to be doing, I think, more shows, just the two of us, as opposed to having um, people to interview all the time, but I'm, of course, always looking for people to interview. Um, But I kind of wanted to, just as things inspire me, as I'm thinking about things in my practice, I wanted to bring it to light on the podcast for, you know, little tips and, and tricks and things for you to be thinking about in your own business. And what was it? September and October were really, really tough for me personally. We went through a a major, major life-changing experience in my life, in my marriage. And it wasn't anything negative. It's not like, you know, Scott and I aren't doing well. Um, But the talk was all around having a third child. And I am not a natural-born mom. I love my two girls so much. And especially Brooklyn, I find I have bonded with Brooklyn, my second, so much better and easier than I ever did with Aria. And I think it was because with Aria, my first child, that was a massive, massive shift for me. Meaning I went from being 100% independent to now having this like being, this human being completely dependent on me. And that was an, an, an immense immense struggle that I had and I was running my business so I was feeling guilty basically everywhere so if I was spending time with her then I was leaving my business if I was spending time on business then I wasn't being a good mom or a good wife by the time Brooklyn rolled around I mean everything was set into motion I kind of had my routine down it was relatively easy so I could enjoy motherhood a little bit more and I could enjoy her but Coming into this discussion around having a third child was a really, really massive, like it it rocked me more than I ever thought that it would. It like, it was one of those things where we were having a really big conversation about it and I needed to analyze with Scott, you know, is this a deal breaker for you? Because there's deal breakers in marriages, just like there's deal breakers in everything else, right? I, I literally, like the idea of it just rocked me, as I said. I, I think I cried over it for days and anytime the conversation came up again and I thought that I was doing okay, I would start bawling my eyes out again. And eventually, like about two weeks into this, massive discussion that we were having about our family, um, I realized 
I realized something big about myself. And whenever I get into a place where I'm incredibly stressed out, when I feel like my back is against the wall, I typically turn to researching my personality traits or like I've done horoscopes before to help understand me and why I respond the way that I do. And it got to a point where it was four in the morning. I couldn't even stand to be in the house because I was so stressed out about this conversation we were having that I left at four in the morning, got dressed and went and slept at my office because I just needed that space. And I thought to myself, man, like that is a massive reaction that I'm having. Like I completely checked out of my family and ran to my office and I thought about all the hotels that I could go to. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna stay and live at the office for the next couple of days. I don't wanna be home. I don't wanna be around the kids. And this is what I mean. Like this conversation was a big conversation we were having. What I ended up doing in the end was I really realized that the more I was talking to people about this, I was asking Scott, you know, is this a deal breaker for you? Do you really legitimately think that having another child in our family is going to make things better? And he is very much a person that is all about kind of like shiny new object, like shiny new puppy or brand new car. Like it'll be fun. It'll be fun to have a new dog. It'll be fun to have a new kid. I mean, it's not going to be difficult to have another child. And he just thinks about the now, right? And of course, I jump way into the future about, yep, okay, so now I have to come to terms with giving birth again, which is a 10 out of 10, never going to happen ever again. And that rocked me more than anything else with regards to provoking panic and anxiety. And then it was balancing three kids. And the biggest piece for me was I couldn't imagine having three car seats in the car. I was like, we're just going to have to buy a bus. How am I ever going to get that third child out of the car? And I do all the daycare stuff. So I drop the kids off at daycare. I pick them up after work. I'm like, every time I did it with two, I was like, man, this is doable. I have Brooklyn in my arms. Aria is walking. So I have her hand in my hand. I'm like, what would I do with the third one? Like all of these scenarios were running through my head and it was just too much. And then I spoke to my mom and I thought my mom being the, like all about her career, you know, she would work 20 hours a day if she could just get us taken care of by a nanny or somebody else. I thought having that conversation with her was going to bring on, no, Andrea, you absolutely cannot have a third child. And she was all about it. She was like, well, I would love to have another grandchild. And so the con- the confliction, always thinking internally for myself, was I realized how much I was being influenced by other people. I realized how much my like life decisions I base on making sure that everybody else is happy and that I'm not. And it took me, and this was the first time in my life, where I really did a tremendous amount of soul searching you know, took the time and analyzed where this was coming from. Why am I so, um, why am I so focused on making sure that everybody else is okay when it is conflicting? Like it was a deep confliction for me to have a third child. I don't think I could mentally, physically, anything get through with the idea of having another child in my life because 
I just can't handle any more stress. Like enough is enough. When is enough enough? And that's what I also said, Scott. I was like, well, we could have four kids. We could have five kids. Why is three the the max for you? You know? And so I did an incredible um, mindfulness session with a girlfriend of mine, Susan, and it was an hour and she did it over Facebook Live and I'm like bawling the entire time. And she helped me go back to a place in my childhood that I didn't even think mattered. I didn't even think that what had happened or how I was raised at this particular stage of my life would have impacted me the way that it is now. And what this was, was my parents divorced when I was eight. I think I was in grade three. And immediately all the responsibility got put onto my shoulders. And I had to take care of my sister. My dad became very mentally ill at the time, so I was basically acting like a parent for him. Um, And my mom was working 12 to 14 hours a day. So it was almost like I was thrust into this adult position instead of, you know, having fun and going away with my friends whenever I felt like I always had to be very responsible, which is definitely translated into my now life about how even going on a trip, if my husband surprises me with a trip like he did with Cuba last year, it took me, you know, like three months to to actually be excited about going because I was like, well, I'm going to have to take off work and Aria is going to be a disaster. So we're going to hate our lives and it's costing us so much money and we have all this traveling. And this was the first time she was on a plane and I just immediately thought about all the negatives that would happen and how irresponsible it was for us to do this. And it ended up being like the most amazing trip ever. And now I want to go on vacations as a family every single year. So after this enlightening piece that I had with her, this breakthrough piece, basically, I, I couldn't believe how much I was just harboring being so resentful about needing to step up for other people, needing to always be responsible and never allowing myself to have any fun. I could feel like the energy boiling up in my throat and I just wanted to scream like I just want to scream and Susan was like just do it like just say what is it that you would say to to your parents if you could back then if you could give that little girl a voice what would you say and I just screamed like obscenities and I'm doing this in my treatment room I was all done seeing patients for the day and I had to wait to pick up the girls and there's like patients in the waiting room. So I had to like scream, but also be a little bit um, discreet. And I couldn't believe what a relief that was, what an emotional release that was, what a feeling of empowerment that was. And it brought me to a place of at least understanding why my immediate reaction towards having another child, for instance, immediately brought me to all the negative pieces and not thinking about the enjoyment that would happen. So a couple days later, you know, I had stopped crying by this point. A couple days later, I hit another kind of low and Scott just said, just leave the house. I'll watch the kids just go. And I knew that this book was coming out that I really wanted to read called The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen Rubin also wrote The Happiness Project and another book about um, like believing in yourself or something like that, which I haven't read, but the other one I did. 
And so I sat in chapters and I just sat there for two hours and read through the Four Tendencies book. And this is the reason why I'm having the podcast, in case you're wondering where all this yammering is going to, is it helped me understand like my innate tendency to why and how I experience my life. And it was an incredibly enlightening moment for me as well. I love learning about how people think and how they act and why they act the way they do and putting people into um, a bit more of a compartmentalized place so that you can understand, okay, this is why this person is reacting this way. And you can definitely do that using like the Myers-Briggs and the Colby reports and all of those things, which I've definitely done. But the four tendencies was something that I really needed. When I read through what the four tendencies were, it was very obvious which one that I was based on everything that I had experienced. For me, I'm an absolute obliger. And the four tendencies are as follows. There's an upholder, there's an obliger, there's a questioner, and there's a rebel. Now, I'm not going to go into a massive amount of details on this, but it helped me understand why I struggle to stand up for my own beliefs, stand up for what I want, stand up for what I want out of my life, because the definition of an obliger is we're very, very good at upholding everybody else's expectations. We're very good at upholding outer expectations and very, very bad at implementing inner expectations. So that explained to me wholeheartedly why going to the gym is so difficult for me when I know Scott is watching the girls. Because my immediate thought is, oh, well, I don't want him to be stressed or I don't want him to have a rough time. What if the girls are, you know, giving him trouble or crying or having meltdowns? I'm not going to go to the gym because I need to be at home. The interesting thing about these tendencies, and I'll describe the others in a second, is that they also can overlap some of the other ones. For an obliger, you're more likely to overlap an upholder an upholder is equally balanced in maintaining inner and outer expectations. So these are the people that if you give them a goal, they will set it completely on their own, unfazed, while still maintaining everything else in their life, and they feel balanced. The, the rebels are the people that no matter what you do, they will always resist inner and outer expectations, always. They have to do it at their own time, when they feel like it, nobody can tell them what to do or when to do it. So as an obliger, I also have a rebel tendency, meaning when shit gets real, I will bounce. I will absolutely cut you off. You are dead to me. I'm out of here. And it was interesting. There's a story in the book of a man who realized that he was an obliger rebel. And he was like, this makes absolute sense with all of my past relationships. You know, when I ended it, I never looked back. I never felt remorseful. It was just sort of like, okay, this is over, moving on. And it also explained why his marriage ended. So when I reflected back on that 4am, like getting dressed, leaving my my entire family, wanting to do that four days, um, it made sense as to why that is the way that I react. It made sense as to why when I did that big launch, I think it was two years ago, and it didn't turn out the way that I wanted. My first thing was, well, you know what? I'm going to cancel all my online stuff. I'm going to close up shop. I'm going to sell my practice. I'm just going to bounce. I'm going to just do something completely different and screw everybody else. I'm out of here. So 
now when I'm going through my life and going through my inner expectations that I have for myself, I'm checking in with myself a lot more. The other tendencies that exist, so I mentioned the upholder and the rebel, the other one is a questioner. And so these are the people that will always um, respond well to inner expectations, but only if they make sense to them. This is why these people are constantly asking why, why is this, doing their research, you know, being completely inundated by information because they want to see what all of the expectations could be. Does it make sense for them to even start it? Blah, blah, blah. So why I found and why I wanted to do a podcast on this and give you kind of my backstory is it really started to resonate with a lot of the patients that I was seeing in my office. And being able to understand where your patient is coming from, how they manage inner and outer expectations is really going to amplify your ability to be a better coach to them, to help them with weight loss, to help them try new dietary things, to get them on track with where they want to be in their life. And it also helps you guide them to why they haven't been successful up to this point. I immediately started implementing this with my coaching clients. So the very, like that evening, I said, okay, you guys have to do this quiz, figure out what um, tendency you are and let me know because then I know how to coach you better. But I also started immediately implementing it with my patients. And I cannot tell you the breakthroughs that I've had with my patients in doing this in giving them just an insight into why they're acting the way that they are, why they think the way that they do. Um, it really helped to give them, I think, a, a bit of relief to know that they weren't crazy. It gave them a sense of empowerment to say, okay, you know, now I know why I act this way. This is how I can start to make it better. Here's a resource that I can do a bit more reading into. And it was a really, really valuable experience that I thought that I would share with all of you because I think this is something that you absolutely could implement with every single new patient you see. The quiz is very easy. I think it's 14 questions. If you want to down or have them go to Gretchen Rubin's website, you absolutely could if you want to just kind of print off what the questions are. And I have just some basic ones um, that you can kind of use to analyze what your patient is to give you a better idea. But it was funny. So I started, I think like the very next day. So um, this was all on a Sunday when I read the book. On Tuesday, I had a patient come in and she said, I am so anxious. I cannot stop getting into my head. And I said, well, you know, what have you been doing? And she's been going to all of these different healthcare practitioners because she had um, benefits to spend. She's doing a massive renovation in her home and she's constantly researching and learning about her health. She's putting all of her um, lab values into an Excel spreadsheet so that she can review them. She's asking the, the um, contractor like constantly, well, what about this and why are you doing this? And even though her husband already knows the answer, she will still go and ask the contractor the exact same questions, get the exact same answer, but it gives her a sense of feeling more in power because she's collecting all this data. And she was seriously entering analysis paralysis, right? She was getting so much information flooding into her body at once that she just couldn't handle it. And I told her, I said, this is why. 
you are an absolute questioner. You need to get all of these answers so that you can feel comfortable moving forward in these projects that are happening in your world, within your own health, and it's starting to become overwhelming. Even last week, I had the exact same type of person come in. She said, I need all of the data. I am addicted to research. Ever since I was a child, I always asked why. This is These are her legit words that she was saying to me. And I said, girl, this is what's happening, is you are a questioner and it's not a bad thing. This is who you always are gonna be. You are not crazy, but I would encourage you to look at this resource because there's ways that you can start to manage this and ways that you can get your spouse and friends and partners and colleagues to also help you manage it as well. Because to anybody else, a questioner is a pain in the ass. We cannot handle them. We don't understand why they keep asking all these questions incessantly. And no matter how much information you give these people, they're never gonna be satisfied. Now coming from an upholder perspective, most of us are upholders and I think upholders sorry, obligers. Most of us are obligers or questioners, or maybe it's obligers or rebels that are the most common. I think it's obligers and rebels. I had a woman um, come in just on Saturday and she has been struggling with postpartum depression for a while. The postpartum depression is now over, but now she's entering into this whole new realm of anxiety. And just by knowing her and now knowing what I know, I told her, I said, when shit hits the fan at at home, what is it that you typically would want to do? And I said, you know, for me, going to the gym is really difficult because of the same reasons that I just told you. And she said, that is 100% me. She's like, sometimes I will drive home slower so that I don't need to be home as long being thrust into taking care of my kids, taking care of my husband. And Sometimes I just want to bounce. Sometimes I just want to leave and never come back. And she's like, I've had those thoughts. And I wondered what would happen if I were to do that. And by telling her and by sharing my story with her as a fellow obliger and saying, look, this is not your fault. This is what your tendency is. And here's some of the ways that you can get your outer people to start managing your inner expectations. So for the gym piece, you'd ask your husband to say, you know what, I think you should go to that gym class. That's always on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. I think that would be really good for you. I will stay home and watch the kids. You know, give me a little bit of time with them. And simply by changing the conversation into it makes the spouse feel better, allows the patient to feel more comfortable in doing that particular exercise. So engaging in your patients and getting them to analyze what their tendencies are tendencies are are going to help you treat them better if you're in front of a rebel you know that no matter what you say to them they are not going to do what you tell them to do and i have one person that i'm coaching right now who's a rebel and she specifically said you know i just like to have all the information at my fingertips when i'm ready to go and research it. I don't want anybody telling me when I have to or by what date, I just wanna have all the information there. So if you have a rebel patient, that might be something that you want to position. Say, you know, we do all of these services and this is a really great option for you. It's here when you're ready to use it and let them come to you and just gently remind them every once in a while. If you're working with an obliger, you know that they are never gonna meet their inner expectations unless you 
unless they're pleasing you by doing it. So these are the people that need to be coming into your office on a weekly basis and they need to be checking in with you and you need to be holding them accountable to what it is that they want to do and say, you know, I asked you to do that seven day meal plan for me. It would really mean a lot if you could complete that and get that sent, sent back to me. And 100% they are going to get that done and send it back to you. But if you just say, would you like to do a meal plan? Would that help you? They're most likely not going to achieve that. So understanding what type of patient is in front of you is very important. Now, from a business perspective, this is also incredibly important. As an obliger, I always need to have a coach. And that made absolute sense to me. And right now I have an accountability coach who we check in. Well, we do quarterly check-ins. We did a whole master business plan with action plans and marketing plans. And then that was it. So I, I was waiting until our next big meeting to actually get anything done. And after reading this book, I said, James, I need to check in with you during your office hours every single week because otherwise I'm not gonna get anything done. I need you to hold me accountable and remind me that I need to get things done for you, in quotations, for you, so that I can be more productive. And I can't tell you the difference that it has made in my business and we've just been doing this for a few weeks, where now it's on my calendar every Friday at 10 a.m. We hop on a Skype call for 15 minutes. We just go over how the week went. He'll remind me, okay, you said you were gonna do this, so let's do it for this week, and don't forget I still need you to do that for me. And because he's positioning it as a place that I need to do it for him, I'm getting things done. So if you are an obliger, and you're struggling with getting your inner expectations executed in your life, in your business, whatever it is, understand that you need to align yourself with a coach. You need to be um, paying for someone to hold you accountable, whether it's a personal trainer, whether it's going to a class that you have to be um, in attendance for. So there's that attendance piece, something that you have to um, meet somebody else's expectations and therefore meet your own. As an upholder, as I said, you're pretty balanced. You can do a lot of things on your own. Having a coach might just bring you to the next level. As a rebel, you're probably not going to be the best coaching client. You'll just have to kind of work around that in order to still achieve what you want to do and get it done within a timely manner, but in a place where you don't feel pressured. And if you're a questioner, you know, you have to just let people know around you that this is who you are. You need to collect the data. This is why you're incessantly asking questions. It's nothing personal. It's nothing for anybody to take um, um, offense from, but this is you. And so I strongly encourage you, if you're listening to this call, to take that four tendencies quiz on Gretchen Rubin's website and let me know what you are and if this resonates with you. I would also strongly encourage you for all of your patients to make it a mandate for them to do this quiz as well so that you can understand how to better coach them and get them to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. If you are an obliger or if you know that you need to have a coach, I would love to be that coach for you. And you know that I'm always offering free trainings and there I typically get people kind of going on the right track and try to offer as much as I possibly can. But I'm also open for 
one-on-one coaching. And we have three-month, six-month, and 12-month plans that I would love to discuss with you which one would work best for you with regards to the level of accountability and the level of achievement that you want to achieve in whatever period of time it is that you need. For me, having a 12-month coach on standby and just checking in periodically every week has been a massive change for my business. Um, So it might be something that you want to think about. And I know that you know what you need to do, and I know that you know that you are not running your business the way that you would like to. So I encourage you to email me to my private email, info at themaximmovement.com, and we can discuss over Skype or over the phone a really great way to get you kind of achieving those inner and outer expectations equally so that you can start killing it in your business. If you have any other questions for me, please comment on my um, website below this podcast. I would love to hear in iTunes how you're liking this podcast show, what topics you'd like to hear from me. But other than that, I just wanted to share a personal story about my own experience with my tendency, see if that resonates with yours and how I can help you achieve those inner expectations. I am Andrea Maxim and I'm out. You guys are killer. Thank you as always for listening to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Leave me a comment and if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and leave me a quick review. For those ready to maximize your practice, contact me at www.maximizedbusiness.ca.